I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Eric Head, Vice President's Experience Leadership at Verint. Now, we have some good news. All the top 15 US banks are delivering an outstanding customer experience. Well, it's good news for them, but it's a hill to climb for the regional banks. What are the problems they're facing? The large banks here in the US over the last year they've been in a better position than the regional banks to adjust and to adapt to the rapidly changing conditions given the the global pandemic. They've been able to devote more resources than the regionals and have been able to keep up from a technology perspective. Technology has been increasingly important over this last year for obvious reasons. We've been sheltering in place and quarantining at home and not being able to go into the physical branch. And so This poses a challenge for the smaller, more regional banks, and therefore, they just need to be more laser-focused maybe than the big guys relative to what their consumer needs are. Sometimes for the regionals, there's a difference in demographic makeup of their consumer base, psychographic makeup. Typically, there's a regional consideration, maybe more rural in nature for the regional folks. And so again, they just have to be laser-focused in terms of what their consumer needs are, and how they can best support and serve those consumers. What I'm hearing from you is it's all about the customer. It's not about the product necessarily. It's about the customer, the customer relationship, the customer journey. That journey has obviously changed over the course of the last year and a half. It has. It has. And again, in general, we've seen an increase in complexity of the customer journey over the last several years. This has really been accentuated again by a a global pandemic. Some data to to back that up from our study, in one month alone, the average U.S. consumer used 4.1 channels in in their journey with their bank. And this was up significantly from the the previous year. And, And so, you know, what does this mean for banks in general? It's a real challenge because now there are more touch points, there are more modes of interaction, whether that's the call center or the branch or the mobile application, the ATM, the drive-through. There's more for the banks to have to consider in terms of how they interact with their consumers. And more and more uh, banks and organizations in general have fewer resources uh, to, to work with to support their banks. And so therefore, Technology and automation needs to be a big part of a bank's plan in terms of how they best serve their their consumers, given the complexity of the journeys today. And I want that experience as a consumer, I want that experience to be the same across all channels. I want to be able to do the same things. It just doesn't matter to me which channel I'm using to do it. That's right. I always say um, consumers don't know what a channel is. That's verbiage that organizations use internally, but consumers don't know, nor do they care, to your point. They want to have consistency, whether they're walking into a branch to serve their needs, whether they're on their mobile app to take care of of an issue or to conduct a transaction, or when they pick up the phone to talk to an agent. There needs to be consistency in that experience across the entire journey, again, which, as we have said, has become more complex than ever. I want to pick up on one particular point that's raised in the report, and that is, and perhaps for the obvious reasons, consumers are more likely to try digital first in 2021. 
But you also go on to say that digital doesn't always work as intended. Perhaps you could enlarge on that. Yeah, so from, from the study, we found that of the, the bankers, again, of the 15 largest U.S. banks that called into the contact center as part of the, the journey that they were contemplating when they took, took the survey, 73%, three out of four almost, tried to go online first to self-serve digitally and they were unable to accomplish their task. Now, the primary reason for having to call had to do with account problems or issues. There were technology issues. But again, a majority, three out of four consumers, wanted to be digital, and they couldn't. Now, this is a huge cost implication for banks. And we use some industry averages in terms of what does it cost to serve a consumer when they pick up the phone and talk to an agent? And given, let's say, an average of nine-minute phone call and a cost of a dollar per minute, if the average bank could just contain or shed a quarter of those folks that wanted to be digital, were unable to, were forced to pick up the phone and call, if the bank could just contain a quarter of those folks, that's a $1.6 million savings to the bank. And by the way, it does impact satisfaction. If consumers want to be digital and they're unable to, that is an adverse impact on their satisfaction levels with the bank. So it's a double whammy. Very polite way of putting it. There is nothing more calculated to reduce a person, male or female, to impotent rage than technology (laughs) not doing what you want it to do. Yeah. And by the way, um, we've been forced to be digital over this last year. It's not something necessarily that folks wanted to do, but they um, a good proportion of them had to be digital because they were sheltering in place, their branch was not open, they were unable to get an appointment at the branch. And so again, that even more accentuates uh, the rage that could be caused by not being able to self-serve digitally. Let's move on. I am quite surprised by one of your findings. Trust in traditional banks outstrips micropayments apps. For many years, people were telling me, no, PayPal's the way to go forward, Venmo, whatever, that people were adopting these things at scale, and and they have. But you're you're saying that people still trust their banks instead. For many years, particularly after the financial crisis, I would have thought trust in banks was pretty low. Yeah, well, I think, again, um, the, the pandemic has brought consumers back to a safe harbor. And again, spending more time digitally, the bigger banks being able to invest more in their digital capabilities, that I think engendered more trust during this very difficult previous year. Now, it's not to say that there's a lack of trust in the micropayment solutions. It's just that there's a higher level of trust with the banks. And and if the bank owns the micropayment technology, again, that trust level is higher. There were some generational differences uh, here as well. The older demographics, boomers, you know, had relatively lower levels of, of trust around the micropayment technology versus the younger demographics and age groups. So we're all moving back to the banks. Wow. I'm not surprised <laughs> about what you say about baby boomers. What does this tell us for the future? Are banks looking to go out and buy fintechs? Is, is that a conclusion I can leap to? Well, I think as we as we come out of the pandemic, you know, we we will see more M and A activity, and banks 
either acquiring fintech or partnering with the solution providers to to provide more more fintech. One of the interesting aspects of technology that we saw in our data, and I think moving forward, this is going to be increasingly important to to banks, bankers, consumers, and that's around fraud technologies, fraud security, fraud protection. As an example, in the study, we found that 63% of the bankers used fraud protection. That's great, but that means there's a fairly high percentage of bankers that are not using the fraud alert technology or capabilities of their their bank. And by the way, when bankers used the fraud alert and protection capabilities of their bank, their satisfaction was an 86. For those that did not use it, it was an 81. So there's a five-point differential in satisfaction with your bank if they've adopted the fraud alert technology. Now, what's interesting about the folks that don't use that technology, 21% did not know how to sign up for the fraud protection capabilities of their bank. 40% did not even know that it existed. So I think here's an example of where banks have an opportunity. It's not about the technology. They've already invested in that technology. It's more about promotion, awareness, enablement, which you know can be a lower budget item to help drive adoption to that fraud detection capabilities. And when they do, their satisfaction is higher. I find those initial numbers you cited quite concerning because the one thing I want out of a bank above everything else is for my money to be there when I want it. Mm. And if for some reason it's not, I'm not going to be very happy with the bank. Mm. Institutions surely that are not taking advantage of what they've invested in or possibly not having invested in it at all I'm going to have a very short future when it comes to cybersecurity and fraud concerns. That's correct. And back to the regional banks, this is really critical because they maybe don't have all the resources the large banks do, and therefore they need to be laser focused on what components of technology they make available to their consumer base. Eric Head, Vice President, Experience Leadership at Verint, thank you very much.